Hi and welcome to this uh, program where I have Alan Hirsch and, and, and uh, Rick Robinson and they've been traveling in Sweden uh, and, and, and talking about some really interesting things that we're going to talk about today. So, uh, welcome. Thank you very much. <laughs> so glad to have you guys Thank here. You. Thank you for having us. And, uh, uh, yes, we recorded your, your uh, not your, but the conferences, the New Wine Lead conferences. Yes, right. I was on part uh, able to be there. Uh, but uh, would you t tell about some about that for those who missed it? Well, yes, we've been traveling around to I think four regions. Uh, uh, New Wine has become regionalized now in, in Sweden, which I think makes sense. The attendance was very high, yeah. so we were in where were we in? in uh, we've done Gothenburg, Malmo. Fowlen and Stockholm. How about that? That's he amazing. remembers that. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. It all blurs for me but where we are. But we've been around Sweden. That's amazing. And hey guys, it's, it's just an honor to have you guys here, really. Yeah. And I'm so blessed by that. Uh, for those who don't know you, like, uh, who's Alan and who's Rick? Well, uh, <laughs> I'll maybe introduce myself in that I'm actually, um, uh, I'm from Australia, but prior to that I was born in South Africa, coming from a Jewish family. I don't know where I am anyway, who I am anymore. I now live in America and then travel pretty extensively around in North America and then in Europe. Um, my role has been in the last uh, few years is uh, really to kind of uh, facilitate a kind of learning journey in, in the area of how to get the church engaged in mission yeah. in the Western world, which is in big trouble the church as it is mm -hmm. receding you know we need to recover a form of Christianity that yeah, it can totally. so that's kind of been you know what I've been doing uh, married to Deborah which uh, you know I think we'll be introduced to later yeah we'll meet her later on yeah, so yes and she yeah we can talk about her then she's a marvelous woman <laughs> that's great so. um, but Rich based in uh -huh. Edinburgh in Scotland so I'm English uh, born and raised in England so I spent 20 years in a church in Sheffield really engaging in mm -hmm. missional discipleship yeah. leadership development that piece and then for the last four years living in Edinburgh have one foot in the local church so have a local pastoral role a day day and a half a week mm -hmm. and then the other time is is translocal so coaching training equipping leaders churches organizations denominations wow. partnering with Alan as we lead the 5q collective and then also part of something bigger called 100 Movements, which is seeking to spark movement thinking and practice mm, uh, yeah. in the church. So you have this organization called the 5Q Collective, which is also part of like the missional movement, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, if you just talk about something about the missional movement, for those who haven't heard that, yeah. what, would, what is the missional movement? Missional movement is a, a kind of a... Um, uh, a movement that started somewhat around a hundred uh, or so years ago where, where theologians began to grapple with how mm -hmm. we have extracted um, missiology or the study of missions or the importance of missions from our theology and our, our sense of who the church is and that really we've ended up with a church that really doesn't know its responsibility to engage society. So it's an attempt to try and help the church um, claim responsibility for being a transformational agent in the world. Um, and so we are part of a movement more on the practical side, but we mm -hmm. kind of draw from that theological resource, which is a major, major part. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's 
quite a big movement oh, yeah, in yeah, theology. There's oh, yeah, tons it, of books yeah. about it. There's tons in theology, and then we're kind of trying to, how do we take that theology or and make it practical? To my life. Uh, but still rooted in good theology. So that's that is pretty really decent. <laughs> but also very much in practical. How do we literally mm -hmm. go incarnational? How do we go into context? How do we plant new churches? So new church planting is very important. Yeah. Experimentation, new forms of church, all that stuff is all uh, yeah. part of the missional church movement. And my perception is also that this missional movement has gone into pretty much most of denominations. Yes. It's, it's not a domination. Yes. It's not no. a branch. It, no. It's I, I can see I, I can see and I hear people talk about this pretty much wherever I go. Yes. that's it, quite amazing. Yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't be a brand or exactly. one or two groups having the the stock and the hold on it. Absolutely, because partly it's both. A passion piece and a pragmatic piece. Yeah. So the passion is a growing desire of the people of God to be good news, and I would say the pragmatic piece is for many the the structures mm -hmm. and the systems that we're in, the the decline, the the system being beginning to creak in some places, yeah. beginning to be a heavyweight structure rather than a skeleton for for life yeah. and growth in the body. Totally. So I think for some they're coming at it with a this isn't working, how do I change? Mm -hmm. And others are coming at this saying there is so much more of a fullness and maturity and good news for us to explore, risk and, and innovate. So different people coming in different doorways, but it's a sense of how do we, every movement is made up of multiple individuals embodying that yeah. call uh -huh. that are then held in organizations or movements. The other thing I would add to that simply because we often think of like our, the, our, most of what we do outside the church tends to be uh, evangelism and that's really the idea is to bring people into the church that they might hear the gospel and then be nurtured in church yeah and this so is really, sorry yeah yeah, yeah. So you bring people to church and they will be yeah. saved in church that's right which is what we call attraction going in attraction so you've always got to come to us on our ground that's fine when yeah. everyone is kind of like you and they speak your same language yeah what you're finding now in Sweden as well as we are finding all around the Western world is that uh, cities are much more complicated now and there's every, I live in America, every nation on earth is represented in America. Now how do you engage a context like that uh, with, with a singular kind of approach mm -hmm. that you've got to come to us to be preached at? So we, we you know, so how do you message, uh, how do you get the gospel, how do we take responsibility that we are the sent ones and that's the word missio or sending sending into the world you know how what's our responsibility to take the gospel to people Jesus he walked around yeah. throughout the cities yeah. he went to parties yeah. like he didn't he yeah. didn't do a yeah. show or a tent missional right. thing yeah. he he went to the people so yeah. so that's pretty much that's is that exactly what here that right. you're yeah. doing Yes, yeah, so we like parties. Uh, we do. Okay, so you like parties. So, well, Jesus is the party animal, isn't he? Like Amen. But, but also, so I, I think I heard something, uh, or maybe I, I misheard you guys, but also talking about missions that, that we have talked about missions in church as only going out to foreign countries. Yes. But not doing anything where I live. That's right. And so that we often neighbors. is called the missionary movement. So like yeah. that's what we've done overseas, which, you know, is very, very vital. We wouldn't want to undermine that one iota. In fact, if anything, we have to learn from them how to do missions in our own setting now. Yeah. But we also want to say that what we do overseas, what we call the geographic myth, actually mm. needs to be applied now yeah. in our own context. So the Where same approach that yes. we would take to Papua New Guinea or India 
would be the similar, same approach in a postmodern, post-Christian yeah. context. And they go to countries that haven't heard the gospel, yeah. get to know the people, interact with them, start doing groups with them, and then they share the gospel. Yes. Very often. Yes, yeah. that's right. And the reality would be the, the neighborhoods of Stockholm yeah. are now that same reality, that yeah. actually you're living amongst a mission field where there wouldn't be Christian muscle memory. There aren't people who are looking for a connection to church yeah. that you can attract. Mm -hmm. You have to go and stay, speak the love language of the community and embody yeah. the good news of Jesus, mm -hmm. not just build something and wait for them to come yeah. or try and attract them to come. Yeah, so good. I think it's important to talk about this and yes. give some frames about how to go about about this. But so, you, but you, we talked about this earlier on that you, you guys have this organization called the Five Q Collective. Uh, what is that? And what is Five Q? Obviously, is something as well. Right. So Five Q is the name of a book I wrote. Um, we, which it's it's the letter five and Q and and the Q uh, is like IQ or EQ mm -hmm. you know quotient or capacity mm -hmm. um, and it's really a play on that idea but it's really looking at the fivefold what is traditionally been called fivefold uh, uh, ministry and um, functions of of the church and in five Q particularly we're looking at this uh, these as functions of the church itself so that the church has apostolic capacities, and we'll get some definition going, but apostolic is its sending capacity, uh, apostello means the one who is sent, so the sending capacity or prophetic capacity is the capacity to listen to God and to be responsive to God and to nurture the the connection and maintain the connection with, between God and his people. Yeah. Uh, uh, evangelistic is our capacity to message properly and to kind of share good news, but actually invite people into the story. Uh, shepherding, you know, we said the pastoral function is the caring, the capacity to create community, um, healing, wholeness, all the good stuff. Yeah. And then teaching, of course, is to make us a wise people. Uh, we think that all those are necessary. So 5Q is this um, commitment to take all five very, very seriously as a kind of a, a, yeah. a, a functioning unit called the body of Christ. And when we, when we talk about EQ or IQ, as Alan mentioned, we would talk about your awareness and your application. So for your, your EQ, your emotional intelligence, you're aware of your emotions and you interact and apply yeah. them well. And so what we're looking for is a greater awareness of 5Q, so the content, the concepts, the process, but also a greater application. So yeah. actually living it out, leading it out, creating teams and churches that mm -hmm. have that place. So that that quotient 5q maturity mm -hmm. high application and high awareness that's the space and i think probably some of the the conversations we're having to broaden out what has been the historical understanding and engagement mm -hmm. with with fivefold is i think so often we come to the conversation and it's individual and it's leadership so it's a few people few individuals who have them as gifts titles offices to mm -hmm. equip and so what what we're doing is broadening that conversation yep. as we read the text and say, actually, who's in the room? Ephesians, Paul's blueprint letter for church yeah. wasn't written to a group of male seminary graduates. It wasn't written to, you have positions of authority in the church and you do this, this, this. Everyone's in the room, male, yeah. female, slave, free, young, old. It's a network of house churches. It's not written to a seminary or a theological college. And so we're looking there to say, if Christ is the embodiment of all five, yeah. He's gifted those to the church, that actually the gift 
is given to the whole and the body communal exactly. before it's given just to individuals. And it's for the maturity of the body, not for some personal leadership or ministry or exaltation. Absolutely. We're investing it for the good of many, yeah. not taking it as our mojo, title, strength, charisma to yeah. put ourselves forward. So, so important. understanding that we've narrowed it down to individual, we've narrowed it down to leadership, and actually it's communal, it's body, it's together, and it's discipleship, leadership, community, is, is one of the significant pieces that we're putting into this conversation to explore it to a greater yeah. depth. That's very vital. Yeah. And, and it's not to say we're undermining the belief that these are, we call them vocations or callings, mm -hmm that uh, each one of us, I believe, uh, has a profile. We could, it's not simply one, we have all five operative um, to varying degrees, uh, depending on, you know, how God has gifted us, or actually Jesus is seeing it's according to his measure, so he's measuring out and giving it to his people. Uh, so we each operate in that, but, but so we agree with that, but we often skip this kind of other part, which I think Rick was saying over here, that, um, that, um, uh, that these actually belong first and foremost to the body of Christ mm -hmm. before they're actually given or distributed to the individuals in different times and places. And that means we take the, the church as a whole more seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. And, but this didn't just come overnight, obviously. No. <laughs> you, you have some type of journey in, into to this from somewhere and to this, and I believe that this is still an ongoing journey. Yeah, well, yes, for me anyway, and <laughs> Rich has got a different kind of um, mm -hmm. journey into it because he was he experienced it much more in the form of a church that, well, let him tell it himself, but which is <laughs> was built into the discipleship system. Yeah. So this has been kind of mother's milk for him. For me, uh, my own tradition didn't particularly have a... Yes. Yeah, and I came to the Lord, you know, in Pentecostal circles, but they had a fuzzy understanding of this stuff, mm -hmm. and I think it tended to, and I still think it is rather blurred, uh, and I, I think it mixes with CEO kind of kingly language rather than the way which I think the Bible would use mm -hmm. it. But for me anyway, it, it primarily came about from trying to crack the code on, on what makes for movements that can change the world, what mm. factors have got to come together to catalyze world transformational movements. And there's no question that APES, <laughs> we call it APES or 5Q, is definitely one of them. So this has been an obsession of mine pretty much in my adult life. And I've written on movements and dynamics of movements. Amazing. And then for me, I became a Christian at a at a church, as Alan said, in in England that had this built into mm. their their architecture in terms of leadership development and disciple making, their thinking, in terms of culture. So, absolutely, as Alan said, I'd I'd experienced ten or fifteen years of this being lived in culture and led, yeah. and then have grown in the understanding, the breadth and depth of the, the content, the knowledge, the principles. And so, absolutely, the last three years. What we've been doing partnering together is is developing the content, yeah. but also developing the coaching. So for an individual that says something's sparking in me, this talk of maturity or understanding myself or building a healthy team mm -hmm. or helping our church to be more mature, wherever the doorway in is to that conversation, we can actually say for you or for your team, we can journey through this process. So either over one term 
or over yeah. a year, we can actually help people to think this through in their, their paradigm shift and engagement, but also some of their mm. practice, some of their lifestyle, their leadership, their family, their discipleship. So yeah. it's been something that's been very normal for me that we've been sharpening and building a process really to serve mm. the church over the last couple yeah. of years. Have you seen like differences between different churches or church environments where from your perspective and seeing oh, de yeah definitely definitely. I, definitely 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 I would say both in terms of individuals and in terms of churches I think one thing I would say is everyone has a history and everyone everyone has caricatures mm. so 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 often there are, when you come into a conversation mm -hmm. there's always at some point been a misappropriation or a misunderstanding. So the yeah. apostolic may be a strong character that's sort of been directive and domineering or the prophetic that's not necessarily grounded themselves in scripture or in community or mm. the evangelistic or the evangelist who's just gone to the edge and there's been judgment or... And oversells or, or over you know, hard sell kind of... <laughs> so, and the, the shepherd and the teacher. Yeah. So there's always, there's always a heritage uh -huh. in terms yeah. of spirituality and... and, and totally culture but there's also there's pain and hurt in this we don't come to this conversation from zero i say oh, we come in in with a minus figure that, yeah. that minus figure might be two or three mm -hmm. it's been mostly healthy but with some blips or for some people there's it's minus eight or nine because they've personally experienced or their church has experienced something so absolutely as alan said huge diversity as people come in yeah i think that the general piece has been people have come to a place where this is for f for a few not many yeah. and it's leadership equipping and so one of the pieces that that alan writes of in the book is broadening that definition of the word equip mm -hmm. so the, the catechisma that isn't just equipping which is quite a functional term but it also can be translated to heal so we can have apes to mm. heal the body yeah, which is changes, a whole, the, changes the frame doesn't it? a whole yeah. different dynamic to, Wait, to healing you know healing. healing the broken body of christ because we fractured our ministry yeah. has been fractured into you know in the in the case of the western church and we, mm -hmm. we you know we come from traditions that understand yeah. it's only shepherd and, and the pastor the pastor and the and the theologian and the teacher that the only orders of ministry yeah. well that's a broken ministry because the new testament is clearly fivefold yeah it's yeah. destroyed our ministry. It has. It's undermined everything Jesus wants to do through his people. Yeah. So, you know, to heal the body of Christ, the other ones... To, to align the body yes. of Christ, yeah. to, yeah, to totally. perfect. So, so there's many ways that actually... So APES can be a gift and a, a ministry of reconciliation mm -hmm. to bring yeah. unity. It's not just to get the job done or to, to equip leaders. So there's lots of depth here that we, we've, we've sort of missed the yeah. gift that Christ gives the church, or I would say we're, yeah. we're driving a car in first gear yeah. without using second, third, fourth. There's so much more to explore mm. here that we've, we've narrowed and reduced or missed. Yeah. So, but, but Alan, uh, you mentioned like in the church historically, we've only had the pastor or like, like the shepherd yes. role and the teacher role, yes. maybe sometimes evangelists. Maybe. But they don't get titles. This is interesting. Exactly. Very, very seldom is they have they got equal status. If even if we acknowledge the importance yeah. of the evangelists, um, and that's has been had a deep impact on the church oh. in a negative way. Uh, and we can say that. But can you? Would you like to define how you see that this has been negative to the church? Well, Yes, so I mean, like, um, um, and we can go into more detail later in, yeah, that, maybe yeah. in the next session, but the idea that the church requires um, 
if, if you look at the early church, but particularly look at the ministry of Jesus, mm -hmm. all five are contained in Christ. Yeah. So we can find apostolic or sentness. Yep. Well, of course, he's the sent one, right? The prophet, um, well, it's easy. You know, Jesus is, is clearly a prophet, evangelist, yeah. shepherd, teacher. These are all contained in him. He gives it to the church. And the church is really meant to be, um, uh, to, to, as the body of Christ, meant to mirror yeah. Jesus. So when you take out three of those, and leave it with two of them, you can't mirror Jesus properly. And I think it, it introduces a fundamental mm. flaw into the very fabric of the church. It can never perfect, it can never become whole, it can never equip it, itself, it can never really do what it's intended to do. Exactly. And, and this came, you know, in the third or fourth centuries, uh, it, you know, it was because the APE types, Apostle, Prophet, Evangelist, mm -hmm. introduce uh, change uh, for different reasons they are um, generating new ideas or trying to innovate yeah. uh, and it, it creates disturbances in the equilibrium and and so they are finally ejected yeah but leaving us again with a very very fatal flaw which has always appeared again when movements come about when mm -hmm. movements go to boom you know but they disappear very quickly yeah. and it's disastrous i mean every time uh, it, it undermines everything jesus wants to do through his people yeah. So one of the assumptions of movement mm -hmm. thinking is that God has given us everything we need to get the job done. Can you repeat that? Because well, that's vital. It is vital. <laughs> God has already given us everything we need. He's really the given job us done. everything we need. You don't need fancy business schools or that's good. You know, you don't even need theological college. It's already given to mm -hmm. the church. It's quotient, <coughs> 5Q. It's already there in the ascension. These yeah. are given to the church in the ascension, which is not insignificant. It's a commissioning of the church. Yeah. In our very commissioning and our very foundation, these are given. And the, and the grammar is thorough. It's aorist indicative, given, once and for all, yeah. constitutional. That's boom. Boom. <laughs> it's done. It's like the cross is the same grammar. Yeah. Jesus died for us. It's, it's, it's done. done. It's finished. You don't pick, cherry pick. <laughs> you can't take, oh, I think we'll take the two, but leave the three. Uh, without fundamentally destroying you know, what Jesus intends to do to yeah. us. Yeah. So how, how do we revive, maybe it's the wrong word, but how do we come, come back or get this back? I, I would say, big question. We've got a plan for that. I mean, very simply drawing it down before we go too big and broad, uh, one is there has to be a, a conversation had. There has to be conversation, conversation so clarity of the language, recapturing yeah. the clarity on the five terms. Language is important. Language is vital. Oh, so say the same thing but mean totally different oh, yeah. stuff. Yes. So, so one, one step is there has to be a shared conversation and a clarity of language. Yeah. Um, a second thing is there has to be a, a celebration and an ownership of all five. Mm -hmm. So what we're not con yes. what we're not advocating is we demote shepherd teacher and promote the three apostolic prophetic. All five have to be equally celebrated mm. and valued, given thanks for, listened to, integrated in. Because so often there's a the, the three on the side and the two in the centre of shepherd teacher. Mm -hmm. So some clarity of language, some sense of ownership and integration mm -hmm. of the whole. And the third needs to be some repentance, so a sense of prayer and a sense of repentance of actually reorientating repentance. around this truth. So the, That's again, quite harsh. Yes, it is harsh, but they, so often we talk of repentance as 
just a confession of sin, yeah. but actually repentance, mm. the, the translation is more an expanding of mind. It actually means paradigm change. Yeah, a paradigm it's change. metanoia, it's change literally... your mind. It's, it's a noia, it annoys the mind, so it's a kind yeah. of a paradigm shift. Yeah. So it's change your mind, expand your thinking, mm. and yeah. actually reorientate your direction of travel. Mm. So it's not yeah. just the church needs to apologize for being wrong absolutely it's not that repentance but it's actually saying it's new we, we have a bigger frame and we've we've narrowed and we're opening our yeah. mind to god's truth the other thing actually interestingly and this uh, organizational theory would be quite mm -hmm. thorough in this that, that in every organization there are people who attach themselves to obsolete things mm -hmm. things that used to work but no longer work mm -hmm. The church is particularly good at that because we put Bible <laughs> verses on everything. So it's got a Bible verse, you can't change it, right? And that's what it means. Yeah. And, and we'll but, keep doing it. So we just collect these things yeah. over time. But we, you know, we, you, if you're going to learn something new, you have to unlearn, let go in order to embrace new yeah. ideas because sometimes the obsolete ideas that might have worked 200 years ago or in the Reformation time in the 16th century, but it's the 21st century That's now. Amazing. We have a completely different circumstances, right? Yeah. So we need to unlearn in order to relearn. Yes. We're not finished. Yeah. <laughs> this was a great beginning and so glad to have you guys here and just bless you. Thank you. You will be back very soon and we'll expand this some more. Yes. And uh, so this was the first session uh, and uh, this is so amazing and just I just keep on follow us uh, we're gonna go on this journey together and start this God bless you